On today's show, we'll be joined by Cam Whitmore's NBA skills coach, Aaron Miller, owner of Elite Basketball Training, to break down the pre-draft process for Cam Whitmore before he became a Houston Rocket, what Cam Whitmore brings to the table as a basketball player. We'll go through his skills, his strengths, some of the underrated elements of his game, as well as who he is as a person, playmaking ability, how he's going to adjust to the NBA level, and how he's going to fit in with this young Houston Rockets team. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shengun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, Four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credential media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Joining us now is your weekly co-host, Ali Khan Bijani, the X's and O's man you can track down on Twitter at Rockets underscore insider and in my best Billy Mays voice possible. But wait, there's more because also joining us today is a guy who has spent a lot of time with one of your newest Houston Rockets, Cam Whitmore, owner of Elite Basketball Training, NBA skills coach Aaron Miller, who you can follow on Twitter at EBT Miller and on Instagram at Elite B-Ball Training. Aaron, we are so excited to have you on the program, man. No, thank you guys for having me. I'm, I've been looking forward to this, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting started. Man, it's it's a really fantastic time to be a Rockets fan. There is a lot of positivity and hype around this team, bringing in a couple young guys like Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore to pair with an already exciting young core, some big moves being made in free agency. And we want to get your thoughts on Cam Whitmore and the time that you've been able to spend with him, what you've learned about him as a person, as a player. But first, we got to get to know you a little bit more. So for our listeners, kind of how did you start as a, as a skills coach, as a trainer, and what ultimately led to you starting up elite basketball training? Yes, yeah, so this is my eighth year uh, being a, the owner of Elite Basketball Training. I started out with high school kids, I, then I moved on to college, and it's kind of been a domino effect uh, ever since. And now I, you know, I, I, I work. For, I've worked with over thirty NBA guys, um, over twelve McDonald's All Americans, ten first round picks, and I just hope to keep it going. But man, it, it's been a, a a journey, and I'm enjoying every bit of it. You know. You like you said, you work with 30 NBA players and all these other athletes. Who are some of those players you've worked with and which players do you feel like you've learned from the most or you uh, that you've enjoyed working with the most uh, over these last several years? Yes. Yeah, so, so over the last um, you know two years, I've worked with uh, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, uh, Keldon Johnson, Jimmy Butler, Colin Sexton, uh, you know, just a number of NBA guys that, you know, like you said, that I'm not only trying to help and teach, and but they're also teaching me as well. Not only 
um, just with basketball training, but you know, how to handle yourself professionally, how to handle yourself in business, how to handle yourself, uh, you know, on the court and off the court. So it's, it's just a learning experience. I'm learning as I'm going. Um, I, I know that, you know, I have a lot to learn if I want to get to the level that I want to get to and to keep growing. And uh, it's just been a great journey and, I, and I'm looking forward to keeping it going. And, and I think it starts right here with, you know, these two young rookies that I had in our pre-draft camp, Jairus Walker and Cam Whitmore. Uh, and, and I think I think they're, you know, in line for uh, great careers ahead of them. Follow up for you is just, you know, you you mentioned your journey and how you've gone to this point. How did how did you become, you know, comfortable or confident in your craft to become a skills trainer, right? Because then you're at that point you're working on developing NBA level guys to be successful in their roles with their teams. How did you get to a point where you were comfortable, kind of imparting your wisdom, your knowledge to them? Right. Well, you know, uh, this is you know the the, the business that I'm in is a results based business. You know, like you have to make sure that you're getting the results for those players or, you know, they're not coming back. So it's just how can you get uh, the players to work on things they're going to directly translate to the game so they can improve their player efficiency, um, which in hopes gets them more minutes. And, in, you know, and their more minutes equals more productivity and more productivity gets them paid, uh, you know. So it, it's, it's a whole buildup of how can I help them immediately, you know, as opposed to, you know, just looking long-term uh, someone like cam and jaris those guys like you're, you are kind of looking long-term of what can where can we find your niche where can we find you to do, uh, impact your team right away um, but you know with the older guys like jared vanderbilt and the malik beasley's and the patrick beverly's you know their games are already kind of established so you know you know what kind of shots you're getting so then it's more of a, a detailed breakdown of you know when when you're with the Lakers, these are the shots you're getting. These are the sets they run for you. Jared Vanderbilt, they're not going to call plays for you, but how can we still be involved in the impact in the offense and impact winning? Uh, so it's a different dynamic for every player based on what kind of team they're on, what kind of offense they have, and where they're at in their career. Um, but it's just it's still the same thing. It's just how to improve that player efficiency and, and get those guys the results that they're looking for. Now, it's your job to help elevate these players, right? Hone their craft, hone their skills. But which, you know, what are some of the players that maybe have taught you something or have helped you kind of grow in your craft along the way as you've been kind of, you know, figuring out your game plan for how best to maximize their potential as a trainer? Well, I think Patrick Beverly, he was, you know, one of my first uh, big names. And I've, I've been with Patrick for four to five years now. Um, his last year with the Clippers. And it's just, you know, he's just taught me so many things on the court and off the court. Like I said, just, you know, what to look for. You know, my first time working Patrick out, he asked me probably 112 questions. And it's just, it's just showing, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in career, how good you are. Like those guys want to learn. They want to get better. You know, they want to be pushed. Um, the great ones, you know, they don't miss workouts and they trust their work. You know, if you're uh, if you're going to every workout and you're putting in your your best effort and you're getting the most out of every workout, then, you know, at the end of this, you make shots, you miss shots, but then you got to trust your work, you know, and it's uh, and I think, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But, you know, once you get to, you know, your feet established in the league, which we would all agree is it, it takes you three to five years to get, you know, your your feet planted. But after that, man, a lot of this is confidence. A lot of this is knowing that you've put in the reps, knowing that you put in work when, when you didn't want to, or maybe, you know, you, you were having a two or three bad, bad stretch of shooting and then, but you still went in there or, you know, days that you're still hot, knowing that you still got to put in that work and, you know, be productive. So it's just being consistent over time, um, creating that compound effect and that aggregate gain, 
Uh, and it's just, yeah, I've just learned so much from him, not only him, but all the guys. And it's just, uh, it, it's helped mold me uh, being super locked in on every single workout, not just coming in and checking boxes and saying, you know what, man, let, let's just, let's just get through this workout, but making the most out of every workout. Uh, you know, so that, that's just one of the biggest things and not only pushing myself, but pushing the people around me too. So we can, uh, could keep this thing growing. Coming up, we want to definitely get into what the pre-draft process was like with you and working so closely with Cam, some of his strengths, areas that we can kind of expect to see out of his game, maybe some of the underrated parts of his game. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Look, sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always super duper clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get started with 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with NBA skills coach Aaron Miller. Now, Aaron, you mentioned a couple times there in segment one, the pre-draft process with Cam Whitmore. So walk us through what a little bit of that process was like here in Houston. Cam mentioned on multiple occasions that he was in Houston for a solid month, month and a half in the lead up to the draft. So walk us through some of what the the day-to-day was like with you and, and getting the work in with Cam. Yeah. So, you know, when Cam first walks into a gym, obviously his physical stature <laughs> blows you away. Um, but, you know, just watching Cam's film, uh, knowing exactly <clears throat> where he was efficient in college and where I felt like that he could, uh, you know, just directly translate his game into the NBA. I already had a plan mapped out for him. Um, so just going, kind of going through that with Cam and his agency and his family uh, beforehand. And then just uh, just honing in on those kind of things, you know, for example, like I just said, Cam is, you know, very strong. He's very athletic. Um, you know, so how can we figure out how to use that to his strength? How can we hold defenders off in the pick and roll, um, playing with pace and not just playing hundred miles per hour the, all the time, but, but using your strength, holding people off, getting to your spots. What are your spots on the floor? Um, you know, getting to his mid range, you know, Cam is a, is a, is a person that, you know, is 90th percentile isolation player in college. He's a 94 percentile cutter. Um, he's a great spot up shooter. He was 88th percentile in spot up shooting. So he's, he's a guy that, that brings a lot to the game, but like I said, just finding out where he's going to score or, you know, because obviously we didn't know where, what team he was going to go to. Um, so we wanted to keep his conditioning high always to go into those workouts, but, you know, just, just finding out where we could improve cam's game and, and just keep him, you know, at a, at a, at a high level throughout this whole process and keep him confident. Oh, Ali Khan. Technical difficulties. Okay. He's, he's back. It's all good. My bad. My no, Coach, you, you mentioned that you wanted to help him be more efficient in certain areas. You talked about some of those strengths right now, right? But when you were going into that pre-draft process and you were preparing him, what did you focus on in terms of places where he can improve that you wanted to help him make sure he was showcasing to NBA teams? 
Right. Uh, well, one thing is, you know, just him getting confident in his ball handling, uh, get him confident in handling the ball under pressure. Um, you know, Villanova is a system team where, you know, no one, no one is going to take that many dribbles, but also in the NBA, you know, you have to be, you have to be able to score the ball and be efficient between zero to two dribbles. There's only one or two players on each team uh, that get to dribble the ball more than three or four times. Um, and right now that's what I'm saying. It's just, you know, it's just improving that efficiency. And when you're coming to a new team like the Rockets and there are going to be so many new faces uh you know my message to cam immediately was you know this is about you know earning coaches trust and how can we like i said improve that player efficiency how can we make winning plays how can we not only make plays for ourselves but get two feet in the pain and make plays for others um cam is a guy that can you know switch one through four he's a guy that you know had four and a half defensive rebounds in the big east last year so Whatever a team needs, I knew that he was going to be able to contribute right away. And I'm so glad it's with the Rockets where, you know, where, where it's a, people that are like him, pretty athletic, but, you know, where he can fit in and he can uh, just showcase his game and, and he can affect winning. You know, I, I had a follow up because you mentioned he can switch one through four, right? And he comes in as a wing. Do you, do you know what an ideal role would be for him? Maybe in terms of a position, do you see him more of, as kind of a big guard or do you see him more of as a wing? Is he kind of like a small ball type of like big that can play in that role? I mean, you, you mentioned the versatility, but where do you see him at his best right now? Well, Cam, Cam is a, uh, a, he obviously is a big, he knows it can play the two and the three. Um, he is someone that can get downhill. He's someone can then shoot off the dribble. He's, you know, what we really honed in on these last six weeks is getting to his mid range, um, just being a three level scorer and not, not only selling for three or getting all the way to the paint, but playing in the middle. And when I say playing in the middle, like I kind of spoke about earlier is um, improving his pick and roll, being able to make those reads, looking off defenders, um, getting into that second level where he is a mid-range threat, but also two feet in the paint where he can make plays for others, you know, because there are so many, uh, you know, new faces on this team, and, you know, and it's, it, it can't just be score, score, score. But I think that Cam is a kind of guy that he can come in and he can, you know, that he does put winning first. Um, and you guys are going to see Cam is ultra competitive. So whatever it takes to win, that's what he's going to do. And I, you know, when we put our plan together, I think that's, you know, what we're, we're trying to do is just figure out how to get this team, you know, make him to make winning plays so we can get this team exactly, you know, where the where Houston wants to see him. Now, going through this process, Aaron, does it change, it, it, you know, at all your approach when you have two guys like Cam and, and you mentioned Jairus Walker also in Houston at the same time? How does that impact things, having two guys that you're trying to prep with especially different skill sets, right? I mean, Jairus Walker is obviously a big Cam, you know, whatever you want to call him, jumbo guard, wing, you know, three-level scorer, two very different guys, very different skill sets. How does that approach how you prepare them at the same time when they're working out together? Right. Um, they actually didn't work out together. They, they both did, um, you know, one would work out for an hour and the next would come in and work out for an hour. They never okay. actually worked out together. Um, but to answer your question, you know, uh, Jairus is the same in a, in a sense where he is super versatile. And I just we, we we're just trying to find, you know, depending on which team he was going to go to, we had a pretty three to four team idea of what it would be, um, you know, and just trying to figure out where he, his niche would be right away. Jairus is a guy that can come in and he, he has a special gift of creating more possessions, uh, you know, for that team. He has structure behind him the year he did with coach Sampson and U of H. Um, they just taught him toughness, efficiency, playing in a structure, playing in a system that way, you know, Jairus is already so talented that way, whatever team Jairus was going to go to that he already has that. 
Um, so I was just trying to maximize, you know, just maximize him, his confidence of putting the ball on the floor, maximizing his confidence and putting the ball on the ground in a short roll because Jairus is such a wonderful playmaker as well. Uh, um, you know, but just finding that niche, like you said, he, he's a he's a bigger guy. He can play the small ball four. He can get the one four switch um, on offense and play out of the mismatches. Um, but I'm so happy for Jairus and Cam both that, you know, they, they fell into great situations because that doesn't happen for everybody. So I'm super, super excited for him. You know, back back to Cam. You were thank you for kind of going through what you worked on, pick and roll wise, shooting wise, all those different things. Do you have a current player comp of for him based on his strengths that you've talked about? You've met, you worked with all those NBA players. You, I'm, I know you watched the game. So, is there somebody you feel like, or maybe not one player, but based off his skills or his strengths that translate into a player that you see currently on, on an NBA roster? I actually think that the player comps that he was getting um, during the NBA draft were pretty accurate um, in the Jalen Brown, Mikhail Bridges, Anthony Edwards sense. I think that he gets, because uh, at, at first I was like, you know, looking at Cam's uh, physical stature, like I said, I was like, oh, they're just comparing body types. But it was pretty accurate in the sense that, you know, he, he is able to score at any time. Um, but I just think for the next level for Cam, like to really, to get to that, that next, you know, plethora of players, that next level of players and the players that we're speaking of, it's just going to come down to, you know, just consistently hitting shots. Um, you know, he consistently playing at a high level throughout the 82 game season. Um, and just, you know, but I, like I said, not only making plays for himself, but making plays for other and getting his team involved and, and, and winning. In, in the work that you've done with Cam, what have you maybe found to be his most underrated skill at this point? The thing that's maybe flying a bit under the radar that, you know, people who have watched him play or maybe people who haven't even watched him play don't have like an appreciation for quite just yet. Right. And, and I and I this uh, I'm so glad you asked me that, because one of the you know, the knocks on him, uh, you know, leading up to the draft or maybe during draft night was, oh, he's a quiet kid. Oh, he's a kid that comes in and, you know, he uh, you know, he, he he's to himself. Cam is a guy that. I, I don't even like using this word, but, you know, misunderstood in the sense that his quiet behavior is he is just so locked in and he is so competitive. He'll figure out, you know, who's working out at what time for me the following day and he'll want to come an hour early. He wants to know how many shots that player put up during his workout and he wants to do more. He's the kind of guy that if we're making, you know, five in a row at the end of a workout, if, if he feels like he didn't make it fast enough, he wants to do it again. You know, he is a guy that is competitive. He wants to win. He doesn't care how long it takes, but it has to be perfect. And, you know, that's why I'm saying it in the sense of misunderstood that, you know, obviously all his physical abilities or, you know, he wows us with that. Um, but he's just somebody that's so competitive and wants to win at every single thing he does. And he has a great family around him. Um, his dad, mom, and his agent, Joe, and, you know, he has just a, a good foundation of what it looks like to be a pro. And I, I just think his competitiveness is what's going to take him to the next level, as well as like we we're talking about, you know, just getting that experience at the NBA level, um, you know, for years to come. How do we envision Cam fitting in with this young Houston Rockets team? And what are going to be some of the biggest adjustments for him at the NBA level? We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continuing our conversation with Aaron Miller. Now, Ali Khan, go ahead and tee us off for the segment. Now, Coach, one thing that I've heard when I've talked to different scouts around the league 
is that they want to see Cam what he can do in a system where he's had he's having to create for others, right? Whether it's off the dribble, he's a good shooter. So if a, if a defender closes out on him, right, and he has right. to take those zero two dribbles that you talked about, what is he doing when he touches the paint? Is he able to make those passes and play make for others? And wanted to ask you, you know, from and I'm sure you've heard that, you know, from him or from the agents that hey, this is being talked about, maybe from other scouts, but. W- what what did you guys work on in regards to his playmaking so he can showcase, like you said, that he, he is able to not just do the scoring, but also get others involved as well. Right, exactly. So if you um and I, I'm I know you guys have seen some of our workout videos, but um it's not just Cam and I in the workouts. I have uh four three to four people assistants um that work with me uh in the workout. So basically just trying to show Cam bodies. So if we're doing a pick and roll drill. Um, I'll have someone in the opposite corner, someone being the low man, someone guarding Cam. I'll be setting a screen and then, the, you know, the post defender. So, you know, just showing Cam bodies in those pick and roll situations and those different actions in those sets that the Rockets um, will have him in. That way that he, he when he does see them not only in summer league, but throughout the season and in practice this week as they're building up, um, that he, it, it, that it, like I said, translates faster and he sees it and he's comfortable with it. He's familiar with it. He's familiar with the terms um, that they'll be using. Um, and, you know, just like I said, it's just him making reads, reading the low man, trying to figure out if he would like to throw the shakeup pass to be not being, you know, not being afraid to take that second or third dribble at the second level. Um, but just always making the right play, even if that, like I said, even if that means that, that he is not the, the person that's shooting, but always making the right read and the right play. Um, so I, I, think, I, I think showing those bodies in those workouts um, for six weeks straight uh is you guys are going to see a big improvement in that area just for our listeners so they can learn you mentioned the shakeout pass can you describe kind of what that term means yes. and- so if uh if you and i are on the same side in the pick and roll and i'm on the wing and you're in the corner um and the big man is coming to set a screen for me and then rolling to the basket so now we have three offensive players on our side um and, and so when i come off from the wing towards the middle of the floor and you're setting the screen and you're rolling to the basket, the person who is guarding the corner man has two options. Either they can help on the roller or they can guard the corner. And if they stay on the corner man, then Cam would be able to throw it to the roller to the basket who would be able to score two points. If the corner defender is helping on the roller, the person that's setting me the screen, then the shakeup pass, the person that is starting in the corner will be shaking up two to three steps towards the wing. So Cam would have an option. Obviously, the first option is to score. His second option would be to throw to the roller um, if the corner defender didn't pick up the roller. And then obviously the third option, if the corner defender was to help on the roller, Cam would be able to throw that shakeup pass back to the wing for an open shot. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, great, great highlight there. And, and, you know, that's one of the fun things about doing, doing shows like these is I'm sitting here learning about the game as well. And it's, it's really exciting, you know, because I'm sitting here, if I'm learning about the game, then hopefully our, our listeners are picking up something as well. You know, I'm so curious. I should have brought my board, man. I should have brought my board. Hey, man, we could have had the plays mapped out. Oh, man, that would have been a lot. Another time. We'll have, we'll have you back for another episode down the line, Aaron. It'll be a ton of fun. Um, Look, one thing that I'm I'm so curious about and really excited to see, you mentioned uh, Cam's cutting ability early, right, earlier, right? His ability to play off the ball. When you look at this Rockets roster, you look at some of the really talented playmakers on this team. Alperin Shingun, really talented passing big. They just drafted Amin Thompson, who projects to be a really fantastic playmaker at the NBA level. I'm curious to know how you envision Cam kind of playing off of some of those guys and also if there's maybe any similarities in the role that he might be able to have on this Rockets team similar to KJ Martin 
you know, for the past couple of years with this Rockets team who kind of built a really good chemistry with Alperin Shingun as a, a guy who could be a, kind of a cutter and off ball presence, but also as a really active screener. That was one area that Ali Khan and I have highlighted pretty consistently in the past KJ Martin's screening ability. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on Cam in, in sort of that role for the Rockets. Absolutely. Well, I, well, I, I first want to start by saying like, you know, my message to not only Cam, but, you know, college, high school youth guys, if you would like, if you're the best shooter on a team and you want more shots and you're not, you don't feel like you're getting enough shots, then you need to be the best screener in the world. If you're a good screener, you'll get open shots. If think about if you're the, uh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm a good shooter and like you're saying, KJ Martin, and I, and I want to get a shot, somebody that's athletic as KJ, if I'm setting KJ a back screen, then someone's going to have to help or he gets a dunk, or if they do help, then I'll get an open shot opportunity. Um, so yes, KJ did a great job last year of, you know, setting screens and getting those easy baskets and creating that energy for the Rockets. Um, but back to your question, you know, obviously with a different coach, you know, his coaching philosophy and everything that'll come into play, but you, then you, but then you, cause, cause you don't know the sets that he's going to run, right? Because it is a, a totally different staff and uh, you know, maybe a, a different mindset or a different philosophy, but the landscape doesn't change. You know, the Rockets are 10th in pace. They were second in total rebounds. Um, obviously if you've watched the Rockets at all this year, you know, I, I do believe we're going to play through Sagoon some more. Um, but to your point, if with him being a, a cutter, this team's going to play fast, you know, that they're going to have the, the option to get the ball up the floor. They're going to have an option, you know, to kick it to the corner, uh, to kick ahead and create easy, easy baskets for one another. But in the half court, like you said, I do think they're going to be play through Sagoon. They're going to be able to set a lot of screens um, playing through Sagoon that opens up an opportunity for cutter um, to, you know, to make his mark and get some easy baskets for the team, create energy. Um, but I, I just think the Rockets, you know, they have so many, you know, athletic wings that the landscape does not change. Like I said, like they, you know, the, they have veterans, great veterans that they brought in. Um, they have a, 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 a brink of a superstar in Sagoon. And I, I just think it's going to come down to their half court offense. What can they do in the half court when they're not able to use their athleticism in the full court, you know, and when they're not able to use their athleticism as a first option, what are they going to be able to do in the half court? And I think that's, what's going to set them over the top. You know, the, the Rockets having a brand new system, like you talked about, there's going to be changes with the coaching staff, scheme, yeah. all those different things. And, and one question I want to ask from a player development perspective is that when when you're working with a young player, right, coming into the league, but then you're also working with the veterans, what is the difference kind of in how you approach your workouts? What is the difference in the way you approach developing those guys to play within a role? Um, especially now with the Rockets having a very good mix of veterans and young players and Cam included in the young player mix. How, how do you, and when, when you're working like say Patrick versus Patrick Beverly versus like Jairus Walker or Cam, what is the difference in how you approach um, working, working out with them and getting them ready for their roles? Well, I think, I think the first part of it, regardless who it is, is very, being very honest with them and realistic with them as well. You know, some, I'm not saying these, those guys do, but I'm saying, you know, guys come in and they want to do isolation moves when it's like, man, you, you're not getting those isolation plays with this specific team or at this point in your career, you know? So it's just, you know, for Cam, for Patrick, um, you know, the majority of their cat and Jairus as well, the majority of their catch and shoot shots will be from the corners. You know, they're not they're Those are not guys that'll, you know, have the ball at the top and, dribble 400 times before they get to an action, you know, so to, to answer your question, it, it just varies for each individual in the sense of where are they going to get their shots from? 
All right. If the Rockets are 10th in pace, you'll be kicking ahead to the corner. You'll be doing, uh, you know, some they'll be driving baseline and you'll have to relocate to the corner, uh, you know, putting it on the ground between zero to two dribbles. But it's just maximizing that efficiency and, and just, you know, just being super realistic about where they're going to get their shots. If you have a dominant post presence with Patrick with Joel Embiid and, um, you know, Cam with Sagoon, then, then you're going to get a lot of swing swings. So if Sagoon is on the left block and they're double teaming when he kicks it out, then they'll have a two on one on the opposite side um, on the right wing in the right corner. So maybe you get a fake pass to the corner cam and you get your shot or maybe, um, you know, Fred Van Fleet catches it on the wing and swings it real quick to cam, you know, but you just just knowing, you know, what kind of players they have helps knowing what kind of offense the coach run helps uh, and just putting those guys in the positions that, you know, they're going to get those shots. Aaron, do you have any examples maybe that you could share with us of like some maybe like specific drills or or things that you put players through when they want to hone like one specific ability? Like it might be something like your corner three-point shooter and you want to work on a specific pass out of a specific angle or pick and roll set or something. Is there anything that you've maybe kind of come up with that is maybe you're outside the box thinking on how to prepare players for certain uh, kind of in-game moments that they might encounter? Absolutely. So even someone like Cam, where we're talking about um, who's getting, you know, how we're trying to get him as to slow down in the pick and roll and use his strengths to, you know, maximize his each possession, um, but getting him to overhandle. So even how we're talking about he'll get between zero to two dribbles in a game that he has to score, um, but maybe making him overhandle the ball five to six seconds as fast as he can before the screener and the defender approach him. You know, having him overhandle at the second level, you know, if Cam is, uh, you know, if every if he's going, they're going under on every dribble handoff, maybe I'm making him uh, overhandle before he throws me the ball. That way he is always comfortable with someone pressuring him with the ball. That way it's never an issue in the game. Basically, what I'm saying is, you know, dribbling eight to nine times under pressure. So that way, when you do get those zero to two dribbles in a game, that feels like it's nothing because, you know, just trying to over over maximize. Uh, it in the in you know in the drills to make him as uncomfortable as possible that way in the game you know when it's a, a, a less dribbles and less you know pressure that it becomes more comfortable you know f- uh, from a rockets perspective um they're trying to improve their shooting right and i'm just curious from a player development perspective as young players add on more weight right to be able to adjust to an nba level in terms of the strength and speed and size and all that does adding weight or taking off weight affect the way you're shooting mechanics or does it affect the way you play defensively in terms of just fundamental principles? Just curious uh, to hear from you, how does adding weight, adding more muscle or maybe taking away muscle affect shooting or other things that you do on the court? Right. So, so for example, Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly have a similar, uh, a similar method to their summer buildup. Um, you know, so maybe, you know, if everybody starts up in the middle of June, you know, there, it would be like 80% bas. I mean, 80% weights, 20% basketball. And then you move to week three and then you go maybe 70% weights and 30% basketball. And as the summer progresses, you kind of go like this in the sense where, you know, as you're doing less weights, the weights, you know, the, the, the amount of weights, so the amount of times you go each week doesn't change, but maybe the amount of reps, maybe it's more mobility as a poor, as opposed to just bulking weight. Um, because obviously you guys know that if you're playing an 82 game season plus playoffs, you know, you're going to lose weight throughout the season. So that, you know, it's just a sense of um, having your plan and maintaining, you know, 
maintaining the weight that you want to be at, but also at the same time as, you know, as staying as healthy as possible, which is not lifting 400 pounds throughout the whole season. It's more of, you know, just maintaining and mobility and body weight and staying solid. But, you know, everybody has a plan and, you know, the guys right now are bulking to try to go into the season, even the young guys. Um, but it's going to even out throughout the season. Do you ever, do you ever see that kind of like impact, you know, a player that is, you know, really young though, and trying to kind of bulk up to get, you know, their, you know, grow into their NBA body, so to speak. And then maybe it impacts either their, their burst or their first step or just how they maybe carry themselves. Maybe they're not right. accustomed to doing some of the things they used to be able to do. Once you add that extra five, 10, 15 pounds of muscle, I know we're not talking about one summer here. Right. That'd be right. kind of insane, but just, just something along those lines. Right. And, and I think it's so interesting that you said that talking with one of the uh, the Rockets GMs, he was just saying, you know, years in the past um, that when they would go and, and, and get a guy in the draft that he would have so much talent, um, but that that player would have to adjust to the physical, uh, you know, stature of other NBA players and the physicality and how strong these guys really are, that their focus was going to have to be the weight room, as opposed to where he was so excited about Cam because Cam is already so physically gifted um that that way he can just continue to focus on his skills um so have i seen it i've seen it both ways in that sense that we're talking about um i've seen it to where you know like people do need to get stronger i've seen it to where in camp situation where he's already super strong but continuing to figure out how he's going to be able to use his body to maximize his game um and how he's going to be able to continue to stay strong throughout the season um but it's just you see it all kind of ways and you see it affect players different ways each each year to put it in the words of Amin Thompson, he's a freight train. <laughs> Man. Yeah. On that note, Aaron, is there anything else you want to share with our audience, with our listeners before we wrap things up? Um, well, the first thing I want to say is, you know, your last thing I'll say is you're getting a guy in Cam Whitmore uh, that is not only, you know, obviously a monster playing basketball, but he's somebody that wants to learn. Um, him and I are already going over film for summer league. He's looking forward to that first matchup. Uh, he, you know, he's somebody that's a student of the game. He wants to learn. He wants to get better. He wants to improve every day. Uh, and he, you know, Houston, I just, I am so excited to, for you're getting a Cam Whitmore that has a chip on his shoulder that's, that's ready to go. So I can't wait to see. An absolute pleasure. Thanks for stopping by the program, Aaron. No, thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Thank you. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.